Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Not much, dude. I'm uh, excited we've got maybe some extra wisdom to help us today. Are you sure about that? Well, I'm not. I was. <laughs> let me I mean, let, let me just chime I'm in. Uh, I was wondering how bad have the ratings got? Yeah. That either you're bringing me on because it's like he can't do any worse than we've already done, or yep. is this your turnaround? I don't know how to interpret Matt, that. Matt, controversy. So what we're trying to do, it's sort of like an American Idol. Remember when it was all the rage? It, it is back the rage. Have you, you have you been you, checking out the ratings you, for this year? You've told me it's really good. It is amazing, and the it's getting like twenty two million votes live. Really? Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. American Idol is cranking this year. I love it. Interesting. Oh yeah. You got to get with the game. All dude. right, Greg. Yeah. We have our goal for uh, for this year. Uh, you know, my mind's always on uh, heavenly things. Um, I don't do these worldly things that Matt, the American Idol. I'm always just deep. No, I just I just in... meant the live votes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Yes. No, I will say. Did you watch American Idol, Nathan, when it was on? I watched in a couple prime? of them. Yeah, mm. I watched a couple in, of them in its prime. I it mean, was... I'm talking Carrie Underwood days. Mm. It's you glorious. Know, uh, the, the, it was, man, it was all anybody talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was kind of before <clears throat> the social media boom, right when it was just starting oh, yeah. to rev up. Yep. Uh, but I remember talking about it and uh, thinking it was, you know, I mean, it was water cooler talk. People would talk about it on Friday mornings or, you know, after the, the big live show. Do you remember about the, the uh, singer Senjaya? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it Senjaya? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And, um, he was the one that kept getting voted in because he was obviously the least talented of the bunch. Yep. And remember he did something funky with his hair and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, hey, American Idol has produced more actual legit yeah. stars than any other show has. Even The Voice? Oh, yes. Abs- definitely more than The Voice. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I used to be into that, but, um, you know, it, it's not quite my talent. Unless you guys maybe... Want to let me debut now? No, I. Uh, no, we, <laughs> Greg, we love you too much to be like one of those friends or parents that let <laughs> them go on. But it's it's interesting. American Idol now has the it's 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 all. I think it's because of cancel culture. It's positive. Yeah. The Simon Cow days mm. of critique, like the judges are sweet and nice, and when they give critique, it's with a hug. It's very. Oh yeah, kind. it's it's you see well, the adaptation. Even Simon Cowell, who's on the one that oh, he's the changed. summers, oh, he's yeah. changed. Well, oh, you, yeah. it just shows. I mean, American Idol was what oh one oh two, and in twenty years, the culture's changed a great uh, deal. Absolutely. So that acidic, I do miss it sometimes. Yeah, I, I just remember the one guy sings his heart out, and you know, remember Randy Jackson saying. You know, dog, I mean, it was a little pitchy, you know, but I mean, it was all right in places, but another thing, Paula Abdul would say something kind of sweet, but like, yeah, I'm not sure that was your best. And then they would go to Simon Cowley, I just remember he just said, hideous. Uh, <laughs> or, or his more constructive feedback was, I think you're going home after that performance. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true, that doesn't fly anymore. No. But you know what yeah. I'll say, guys? Uh, by the way, uh, Nathan, who is this guy? In case people are listening for a stop, we just let him run. Good. Yeah, can you imagine we never identify him? Like, who we is just that? Keep going. <laughs> yes, Matt Smith uh, joining us. And the ratings just fell. Yeah, no, <laughs> they just went. For... They soared with you on us because uh, you haven't been with us, Matt, since like the what? Christmas. Third episode, fourth episode oh, in our right. requill reboot. Yeah, um, but. I am coming to appreciate, I really am, I've always said this about Lisa, my wife, who, uh, because she's been honest enough to tell me when she doesn't like something, Mm -hmm. it does make it all the sweeter when she says she does. Yeah. Because I know she's not 
bullying me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Where I, I told you this, Matt, years ago, a friend of mine, Don, who's a really, uh, really good dude at a former church, um, every time I was done speaking, you know, just, oh, Greg, that was incredible. That was amazing, you know. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, really? Because I didn't think it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I phoned that one in. I right, mean, that was. Right. If everything's incredible, then nothing. Nothing's incredible. incredible. Yeah. So it makes you. It becomes. Uh, you know, there's the unreliable narrator. There's right. the untrustworthy praiser, because uh, you just doubt whether or not they they mean it. So I've I've come to appreciate this writing program I'm doing. One of the uh, the uh, instructors. Uh, man, she does not. She's not aiming to make you feel good. Yeah. You know, and I I admit, like, of course, Lisa's laughing because I said, yeah, I mean, I wonder if she missed this. She goes, or it wasn't good and you don't like this. She's telling you <laughs> yeah. that it wasn't good. And I'm like, no, that can't be it. It's got to be amazing. She must have missed something. So appreciate. That's the kind of spirit we want to bring Nathan to this podcast. There we we go. can talk about things that are, you know, maybe at times, uh, you know, uncomfortable, or uh, we have to push back on something, but you know, we can, we can figure out a way to do it. Yeah, and we, you know, we. Um, I know one of the things that uh, people have said about us as we've been doing the podcast is you guys just don't disagree enough. Yeah, um, and we're, you know, which is funny, right? Like people are rooting for. For people to disagree oh, yeah. and fight, like controversy sells. Yeah, it does. yeah, it does. Um, which That's is, why we brought which Matt on. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, that I, I can imagine we will get uh, into a whole lot of controversy on this one, Matt. I do. Um, we did bring you on because we want to. We want to look at. We we've been looking at God's heart for people, and in our first episode, we we did look at God's heart for the lost. And we kind of shifted directions a little bit in the second one and looked at um, what's God's heart for the lost in the midst of worship. So the unbeliever who's joining you and and how are we to respond? How would God want us to respond Mm -hmm. to those people? And then um, last week we took a look at uh, God's heart for those who who struggle, who struggle with depression um, and and just kind of... uh, you know, suffer through some uh, anxiety, whatever it might be. Um, and today we want to take a, a, an honest look at the the idea of being missional within our culture. Mm. Because I think oftentimes what happens is we, we look at missions as an over there thing. Yeah. Like if I were in India, this is how I would respond and act to the people in India. If I was in the Middle East, this is how I would act and respond to the people in the Middle East. But as Americans, a lot of times we look at the lost in our own culture and we say, well, they're like me and so I can treat them however I want. We don't seem to have a category as believers for looking at the lost in our own culture and thinking of them as the mission field. And one of the things that brought this up was you were talking about uh, a podcast that you heard. Uh, was it Matt Chandler? Carrie Newhoff. Was who, Carrie who, Newhoff who was podcast? he interviewing, though? Um, boy, again, another great podcast <laughs> moment. You can tell we've done our good prep show note work. Uh, the one, Matt, well, oh, I know, it was David Platt. David Platt. Oh, the one David Platt. Okay, David, David Platt was on. Yeah. Um, and that actually kind of sparked uh, where we were mm. looking at and going with gotcha. this. And so, okay. um, Matt. Yes, that just, was Carrie Newhoff. Carrie yeah. Newhoff, yeah. yeah. And so, um, Matt, just <clears throat> want to um, throw, uh, throw this question out to you. Um, over the years, uh, as you've kind of been surveying um, church culture and the way people have been interacting. Have you seen a shift in the dynamic of people's approach to the lost in our own culture? Um, have you seen it get better, worse, or have you seen it kind of stay the same? And maybe that's why our culture is where it is today. Hmm. I, I've definitely seen a massive shift um, and I think it has been a, from, from the church's standpoint, it has been a shift where the church is 
out of touch with reality. Mm. Um, I think there's a large segment of the body of Christ in America that is still still in their in their mind think of the culture a certain way. Even though they'll say, "Oh, I know things are really bad," but I still think when I look at their their ministry strategies as to how they go about trying to communicate the gospel, mm-hmm. how they want to quote unquote do church. Yeah. Um, they're they're stuck in another time period because they're they're often even some of the series they'll do, they'll do they're asking questions that no one's asking mm-hmm. and no one cares about. Can you give an example mm. of of what that might look like? Well, I think it's 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 where you start with the assumptions um, that I think we've lost so many foundational categories mm. so that we assume cultural Christianity still out there. Yeah. And and we know it might just be cultural, but it's still there. So you can still reference certain things that might intrigue people or you might make uh you know, if you were doing kids ministry, you know, remember remember the dare to be a Daniel, that right, kind of thing. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. most people are like Daniel who, you know, right, um right. there's just no context to it. And I think we've we have to think I think it's a mind shift, and one of the one of the ministry strategies that we're really trying to work hard here at CFC is to think like a missionary in how we engage the culture, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, just relating to the culture as if, well, you know, we want to introduce them to God, and they have certain assumptions. Mm-hmm. No, it's as if we've just been dropped in, kind of like what you said, yeah. and we have to learn the language, mm-hmm. learn and study the people, mm-hmm. uh, find out what their interests are. And I know a lot of times when people hear that, they immediately think, well, then you don't have any, you're not trusting the power of the gospel. I'm like, no, we're doing what missionaries have been doing since the book of Acts yeah. uh, and the New Testament. We can look some of the texts as just plentiful mm-hmm. with that. So we're not talking about watering a message down. We're talking about contextualizing it so that we can build a bridge to get the message in in the purest sense mm-hmm. to them in a way that they might awaken from death to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, predominantly here at, at Matt, Matt, here at CFC, you, I mean, you are in and out of a lot of different contexts within the ministries in this church. And so talk to us about Let's take groups as an example, our our small groups, our community groups. What are some of the things that you're encouraging the leaders to do to think missionally Mm. about the groups and how to interact with them? Great question. Yeah, that is a great question. That is something we're talking about. And part of it is is because a lot of our community groups, um, over this last year, they've gotten very large. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have like eight a community group might be 50 plus people right and then they break it down to nine small groups all within that evening but they've many of them have become very effective at bringing newer people into the church that literally are outside of the faith yeah and uh like it's pretty clear they aren't professing christ yet. right so a lot of that is how you lead those discussions um and it means you don't make assumptions. Like one of one of the things that we we had um, a while ago, and we we talked about it as leaders, is is even when you're leading a Bible study, and you're just quoting scripture, saying, "Hey, turn to turn to Zephaniah, or turn to right, you know." Yeah. If you're not familiar, you feel so stupid, mm-hmm. and you feel embarrassed, and you immediately feel disconnected from really great people that otherwise you probably would like, but you're like, I'm not putting myself through that. They're they're on a different playing field. Mm -hmm. And so just having a leader be mindful that not everyone knows where things are at in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So they can, there's a way they can lead such as, uh, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I have a hard time finding. I need to use the table of contents. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, if you're using the Bible app, isn't it nice because you can just kind of – what you're doing is you're saying you don't have to feel stupid. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. I've told the leaders, even if you're like, well, that's not totally true, I don't really care. Communicate it in a way because it will connect with people. Right. That you're not above them. Uh, you're not the elite or anything like that. Right. And it's just, it's just a way to build a bridge. So that's not – compromising yeah. you're helping somebody in the same way you wouldn't tell a toddler yeah you know so i kind of think of it this way the way you would talk about the gospel 
to a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old? Are you watering it down? No, you're not watering it down, but you are breaking it down. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm encouraging leaders, you need to know the people in your group and always assume there's people that are on the outside or even if they're a believer, they're they haven't been brought up with what you've been exposed to. Yeah. So start with the furthest person away before you go right to the core. Yeah. And I think what you end up doing is two things. One, you reach out to the person that feels like they're on the outside and you invite them in because mm-hmm. you're not on the outside. You're part of us. Right. And second of all, you're actually doing discipleship with your core Yeah. because you're helping them to think like a missionary. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Greg, I want to uh, switch to you for a second because um, predominantly you do the teaching on Sundays, Sunday mornings. And so um, talk to us about how you're making, uh, how, how you've been making this shift to think yeah. more missionally about those who are in the audience. What are, what are the things that you're doing and considering as you're uh, prepping a sermon? Yeah, no, that's a great question too. Con- really just an application of everything Matt said, but to this area of preaching, um, I have, and it has not come easy because this has only really gripped me. Matt and I talk about these things and you and I do too, uh, Nathan on a regular basis, but really the last several years, some of that is just, I think, seeing the Bible afresh. And I think Matt's point that, yeah, we view ourselves as missionaries in this culture rather than guardians of an older culture, mm. which I yeah. think mm-hmm. is often... Mm-hmm what people, they don't consciously know it, but sort of, we need to get back to, we need to get back. And there's this idea of this culture that's lost, uh, you know, it, it has to be somehow brought back and we have to seize it. And then to ask the question, is that the mission Jesus gave us? Mm. I think the mission he gave us is in whatever culture you find yourself, yeah, bloom where you're planted, right? Yeah. As, you know, um, as the saying goes, um, my kingdom is not of this world. Yep. It was never meant to be tied to the world. So I think if we view ourselves not as trying to bring back a culture that doesn't exist anymore, but to be faithful to Jesus in the culture in which he's placed us. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, we're all big on the providence of God, the sovereignty of yeah. God that he yeah. orders and is over all things, so we find ourselves there. And then I think, who are the people out there in church on a Sunday morning. And you might think, well, these are everybody in church on a Sunday morning is biblically literate. So you can develop a little shorthand. Uh, well, all it takes is a few conversations with a few of those people to realize, right. no, that's not really the case. Yeah. And I don't say that to put anyone down. It's just, uh, uh, taking the, the spiritual temperature of yeah. the culture in which we live. And a couple of examples of that for years, I would say, well, let's look at what Paul says uh, about such and such here. Your person that maybe is new to the church, you've been invited, like we have a lot of people that come to the groups before they come to church. Yeah, that's, that's right? true. Because yeah. they've made relationships, yeah. and we want that. We let, we use the phrase, it's not original to us, that we want to be a church where you can belong before you believe, mm-hmm. right? You, 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 you've got friends, you've got people that love you and support you, and they think, man, I don't understand everything these people believe, but I dig them. Yeah. Um, to throw that out, yeah, Paul said, who's Paul? Mm-hmm. And wh- why should I care? Yeah. So even just teaching and preaching and stopping to recognize, okay, God put me in this culture, which is increasingly biblically illiterate. And even when I say that, I want to, you'll know what I mean by this, yeah. but that is not denouncing people for being biblically illiterate. Right. Because often the way that stuff is preached, and let me tell you, our culture today is so yeah. biblically, like right. the guy who right. calls in sometimes. Right. So biblically illiterate. Right. Um, you know, uh, that's not what we're talking Reverend about. Reverend King might have something to say about that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Reverend King would uh, be an interesting guest on this, uh, uh, but he, you know, he, he, he wouldn't come near us with a 10-foot pole. But... That's James King, not Martin Luther King. Yeah. As, <laughs> yes. as, as I'm thinking, and you're speaking about shorthand. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you glad you said that. If if I throw out a name like Paul, if I say, hey, you know, let's remember what all the epistles to epistles. I mean, these terms, <laughs> people don't know the terms. Yeah. Right. The people that are immersed in church culture know the terms. But if we're aware, we talked last week, Matt, about unbelievers, mm-hmm. 
um, being present in the church. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of building on that. Paul expects unbelievers to be in the church, or 1 Corinthians 14 makes no sense. That's yeah. right. Um, he doesn't just expect them to be in the church. He expects that the leaders of the church, the founding members of the church, would be mindful on their practice of worship. Yeah. To be mindful of the person that doesn't understand, is confused, and needs clarity. So I view preaching today as a very interesting task in this current 21st century American culture. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want to build up and edify, and you know some of those church words even right there that I can't mm-hmm. even avoid saying, those that know the Lord, that have mm-hmm. a relationship with Jesus, um, we want to encourage them, strengthen them, etc. Also, we want to be mindful of those that aren't, or maybe are starting out on that journey but know very little. And I think that the it's not that we change the content of our preaching, it's the the manner in which it's presented, mm-hmm. we have to be mindful of what don't they understand? We do this all the time intuitively. Mm-hmm. If you're geeking out with people about something you can develop shorthand with, you and I are talking about, um, you know, Ash right. and the evil dead, right? Yeah. We, if, if you have no idea what that world is, who Bruce Campbell is, right. you are being such a jerk to people. Hey, Yes. Matt, Matt's like, yeah, sure. This is how Matt feels, Nathan, and probably how you feel. When I geek out sometimes and I'm talking about the Ravens or the yeah. Orioles and I'm mm. talking stats, and yeah. yeah, I can see Matt's eyes glazing over, mm. right? Um, th- there's a sense in which it, brother. this isn't something you know, Yeah. so we have to build bridges. One last example. I would throw things all the time. Now, now remember, everybody, I covered this last week. Last week we talked about justification from a positional sense. Right, we talk about positional justification. And even that statement, and I know you're not saying this, but if we were to do that, yeah. that communicates how out of touch we are. Yes. When even those that profess Christ and call themselves committed members of a church, their church attendance is hardly every Sunday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't yeah. think that's a good thing if you no. think, you know, I'm, no, I I, I'm loosey-goosey. I'm not on that. I'm just saying that's where we're at. Yeah, I'm not right. saying... We don't want to lead people to a different and better place. Right. But I think to be out of touch it is out with of touch. where culture is at, yeah. that's not what missionaries do. No, they yeah. don't. And you, you can get very comfortable assuming that the insider language, the rhythms of church life, well, the, the people will catch on. Yeah. Um, I think missionaries work very hard at making sure the concepts are clear. Mm-hmm. So an example I've given before, Nathan, about worship, it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's, it's a typical one to be used. Um, man, I got to think, what does this sound like to people that I'm trying to strengthen, mm-hmm. but also to people that are maybe on the outside looking in mm-hmm. or just coming on the inside, like some of the old songs you know, yeah. about blood. Yeah. There's, uh, so I'll, I, I've always been fascinated by this one. Think about this for a moment. There is a fountain uh, filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Don't know who Emmanuel is. There's this fountain. And sinners, maybe I've heard sinners, I think think my grandmother used to call me sinner, uh, plunged beneath that flood. Now I'm being immersed in a pool of blood. Lose all their guilty stains. (laughs) Sounds like something from Ash vs. Evil Dead. It it does. So to the believer that knows that language, okay, the blood is a shorthand Mm -hmm. reference for the the death of Jesus on my behalf. Yeah, there's so many theological, rich theological concepts packed within that. Yes. But for the person on the outside, so sometimes you can even make the decision, depending on the context, is this the song, and that's more your world, Matt, I shouldn't over-talk it, that you want to do. Or if you do do it, hey, listen, we're going to sing mm-hmm. a song and I and just put it out there. I recognize some of you. What are they talking about? You know, blood is a shorthand reference in in um, the New Testament, the, the, the letters, the stories we have about the life of Jesus for his death. Why does his death matter? It is the absolute proof of God's love for us and our yeah. only hope where yeah. he forgave yeah. us our sins. Do the best you can to explain so that you're at least acknowledging my culture's changed. I can't assume people know all the terms. They know all the stories. They, they, they don't. Yeah. So I think uh, in preaching every week, I, I go back, Matt, you know this, and I think, boy, there's probably three points where I wish I had built a few more bridges mm-hmm. to that person uh, who's out there. I wouldn't change the content. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm preaching through Mark. I'm, you know, we're not going to 
say, well, we're not going to preach right. the books of the Bible anymore. No, we're just going to be mindful on how we do it. Yeah. But I think the, the thing that I encounter with inside the, the church culture when you start, because to me, I mean, if we could just open up the New Testament and start walking different passages, like just be, you be quiet and let the Bible speak, it'll lead you to understand the importance of thinking like a missionary. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's not the issue. I, I, I've experienced people get very concerned, and I think it's rooted in fear, because they do see things have shifted so radically. Things right. have been watered down and compromised legitimately. Sure. And so the moment they feel or sense, are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Is my pastor doing oh, sure. that? Yeah. They, they get very concerned. They get scared. Sometimes they get angry. And I think that's part of a discipleship issue. Yeah. Uh, because... The same people that might freak out if their home church in the USA is contextualizing some things, those same people might go on a mission trip and not think anything. You know, right, when they yeah. say, hey, right. we're gonna, we have to dress a certain way. Hey, be careful. We don't want to do this because that's offensive. Right. Hey, you do know that they worship a million different gods, so we're not, we're not, right. you know, we're going to be careful how we speak right. when we're, you know. And they're like, oh, that's it's important because we're there to serve the people. Right. But somehow we've lost that kind of mentality here, here yeah. because I don't know if it's that I think we that's not what we once were. And I'm like, it's irrelevant what we once right. were. It's what it is at the moment. And the beauty is we're called to be sought and light now. Yeah. And the power that's where I, we trust the power of the gospel to do its work. Yeah. Well, just to piggyback on that, Matt. If, again, if you're a guardian of a former culture that we has slipped through our fingers, yeah, I see this all the time. It is amazing how, like Matt just said, if you're in the Middle East, your most missionaries don't go with a chip on their shoulder. These people, right? They, they you just right. go to reach yeah. and yeah. you learn their culture, etc. In our culture, it's almost I've seen it sometimes in the church. There's a resentment. And the mission field becomes the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then we start getting drawn. I think we're very selective and cherry pick passages. Like we're we're gonna like the David and Goliath passage. Right. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna be in my culture. I'm yeah. gonna stand up. And you're like, okay, let's let's talk about that. Right. Let's get back to Jesus. He left us very clear marching orders, Matthew twenty eight. Right. To go into the world to preach the gospel. Yeah. Baptizing them, you know, teaching them, etc. Um and then you look at the book of Acts, which to me is interesting. The book of Acts is the proof, uh, the, the, you know, when Jesus is no longer physically here, he's yeah. ascended, he's gone back into heaven. What was the church doing? Well, I mean, we've got our best evidence how they interpreted Jesus' marching orders. Yeah. And I, wow, first time maybe I've said this in a while. I'll, I'll just tell you what I see. I don't see them... Um, petitioning. Yeah. I don't see them trying to get Nero and his wicked policies out of the Roman Empire. I see them going into that culture which was lost, mm-hmm. godless, a lot of similarities to today's culture, right? Mm-hmm. Completely hopeless in the dark and they preached the gospel. They saw converts, they gathered those converts together and they put them within the church. They yeah. appointed elders over them, they prayed over them. You see that again and again and again. Yeah. So I I think it's very easy in our culture, if, if we're not clear, if we actually think our mission is to retain this old thing that's slipping away, I think we could easily make a little subtle shift or two, and now again, people that Jesus loves and we're called to love become the enemy yeah. that need to be defeated. And I ask people sometimes... I. I when I'm feeling honorary on Twitter, I'll kind of make a point with people that are bashing some, you know, they'll go after some yeah. woke person or yeah. something. And I'll, I'll say, man, I'm sure that person really wants to learn more about Jesus after you slammed them. Right. I, I mean, are missionaries slamming people? We, we, we've seen this. Uh, we've talked about this recently, Matt, in some staff meetings. I'll, I'll give it for the hundredth time. I don't think I've, maybe I've given it here, Nathan, or I have, forgive me. If you're in India, yes, we know if you're a follower of Jesus and you trust the Bible, 
you know that a cow seen walking down the street is not your grandmother. Right. Right. I mean, you know that. As a believer in Jesus, no, that's not how it works. It's not a reincarnation thing. We're not in some other life form. We know that. We've got the truth. Yeah. But missionaries are not walking around eating Big Macs saying, yeah, let me tell you something. Right. Yeah, I showed them. I showed them they had that cow. You wouldn't believe I put out this Big Mac. I mean, we'd say, dude, that's weird. That's twisted. Right. Aren't you trying to reach them? And a mission board or a sending church would remove you from the mission field. Of course. They'd yank yeah. you. And, they, and you wouldn't say, no, I'm taking a bold stand. They'd say, no, you're being stupid. That's not yeah. why we sent you there. No. Yeah. No, we want you there. Now, in the context, of course, of winning people to Jesus, mm-hmm. and those people come and they, uh, the, they we, it's all the time. People that come to faith in Christ and they say, hey, Matt, yeah, I want to know more about Jesus. And you find out, hey, I'm sleeping around with four different partners. And what does it mean? You start making discipleship applications and show them the way of Christ. That's not what he wants. (laughs) Well, let's look at scripture together. He's very clear. Um, Same thing if you're in India and you win people to faith in Jesus. Oh, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Um, Yeah, I want to be careful of that cow because I think that's my grandmother. In a discipleship context, we'd right. say, actually, that isn't your grandmother. Let's look at scripture together. Right. See what the Lord says, right? See what, what the word says. And it's, it's not that a missionary God. doesn't get to have that conversation with people. Exactly. It's about when and how. Yeah. It's about building yeah. the bridge, which means they are, in whatever the culture is, whether it's drinking a lot of tea and mm-hmm. you know, just building relationships— yeah discover asking a lot being curious asking them a lot about their faith what they believe yeah. which then opens them up for you to tell them well you know what actually there's something different i think right yeah. and and if you if you can build a relationship with the person you earn the right to start to talk about those things yeah. so i think a lot of times what people fear is yeah but you know at some point you got to call people to repentance and faith in christ well, yeah, that's that's of what course. we're that's the response right. to the gospel. Right. No one's saying that. We're saying that we have to begin at some point. Right. Yeah. And everyone applies that principle. Right. Especially when you have a hard conversation with somebody. You right. know what you want to say, but what are you stressed out about? How am I going to get to that point? Yeah. That's all mission life does. Yeah. Right. Well, and and again, like so yes, the the goal is to call to faith and repentance. What happens if they don't when you're preaching that? Do you, do you just do you drop it and walk away from them? Do you, you know, now do you start making fun of them because mm-hmm. that's, you know, right. Got, yeah, that's right? You know, like, I gave you your shot. <laughs> right. Dude, that's what you give them one chance. <laughs> just like the Lord only gave us one chance. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, that's a great question. That's because, a great, yeah. And I, look, I'll be the first to admit. I remember uh, younger in my faith, Matt, family members, friends, and uh, I remember at times getting angry. Yeah. How can they? You know. And part of it, as you grow, you're like, wait a minute, am I saying that I'm a follower of Jesus because I'm more noble, Mm, I'm better? And you start learning, man, it was God's grace that opened my eyes. It wasn't anything, I I wasn't more worthy, I wasn't more... But but that takes a while, we grow, and and some of it is passion. It is frustrating because, you know, they they don't believe, they don't see Christ as important, Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, as we grow, those things become more heartbreaking things than right. anger-producing yeah. things. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of it. I love the example Matt's been bringing this all up a lot in our staff meetings because um, this would probably be good to have Star on mm. uh, our children's director. Mm. Let's make a note of that. Mm. Yeah. Star, I think Star and Lucas are regular listeners. Yep. This is your invite. We're getting you on here sometime in the next few months because I think talking about. How we approach kids today. Yeah, that would be a great. Yeah, wouldn't it? And just because kids, it's a whole. I mean, kids ministry. Dude. <laughs> when I see Star and the whole team back there every Sunday, Matt, I'm always like, "Thank you, Lord, that I'm not doing it." Um, <laughs> no, but I, 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 I thank the Lord that I. It's. I mean, I had kids, and I look at kids, and it's over. But it's beautiful. Yeah, we had baptisms in our church uh, yeah. very recently. And Star arranged that the fourth and fifth graders came in because yeah. we had a fourth awesome. grader baptized. That yeah. was awesome. in- incredible. But we've talked about this, Matt, in, in staff meeting. I love Matt's point about church rhythm. Yeah. 30 years ago, the majority of kind of your core in a church were probably there most Sundays. And Sunday nights and Wednesday Sunday nights. Sunday oh, yeah. nights. Yeah. Totally different cultural rhythm yeah. and pattern. 
we're thinking now it's very common, you know, in stars, you will update us at, at meetings, et cetera. Hey, there was a new family. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Anything we know about them. Well, often we hear, right, mom and dad might be divorced. Yeah. And there's a custody situation. There's, there's um, step, you know, uh, step parents involved. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a new marriage. And we might have a kid who is here, right, Matt? Once every four weeks, maybe oh, six yeah. weeks. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Even the way you do ministry, there was a time where you could do kids ministry kind of like this. Like, okay, I'm just going to assume I've got a static group of kids mm-hmm. that are here all year. So let's build from week one to week two to week three to week four. And you never acknowledge new kids that are there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. by not doing that, not only do we alienate those kids that are there for the first time or feel new, but you're also not discipling and equipping those who are considered your core to think first about an outsider. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that just shapes the culture in a way that's not conducive to reaching more it, people. It, yeah. You're right. And that's a great point. And the implication for those kids, because I know that, is whether it's said or not, if you don't make any allowance, any acknowledgement that their situation might be different, unique yeah. than some kids that can come more regularly. You're kind of implying get with a program or else. Right. You know, which nobody would ever consciously say. I mean, you'd be cruel. But I I mean it, man. I tell you, our kids workers, it's like my greatest joy. Yeah. Every you know, and I know it's every church, it's always hard to staff kids workers. It's sure. It's hard. It's yeah. It's often thankless. Uh you're you're missing big church and you may have been really excited to sing, hear sermon, pray, talk to people. But kids in this culture, mm-hmm. uh, with the continuing disintegration of the family, mm-hmm. um, um, and you know, I don't want to give away that whole episode, but talking about kids, but dealing with shame, fear, uncertainty, um, you know, different housing situations on a yeah. regular basis. Yeah. Um, How it, you approach scripture memory. Yes, mm-hmm. great example. Because, again, and I know somebody out there is probably listening, boy, what is he against? No, I, I'm all for memorizing yeah. the Bible. Right. Come on, man, yeah. you hate memorizing. I <laughs> well, see, this is part of the thing. When you have these conversations in the church context, instead of there being humility to listen and to learn, because yeah. my pushback is, well, who, who have you led to Christ recently? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my point. So right. listen, uh, I think part of it is is if you're going to do some type of scripture memorization, do it in a way that acknowledges that probably you have kids there that know nothing about the Bible, Mm -hmm. and they're feeling excluded, and they're going to feel like outsiders. So if you're going to do it, and that's Mm -hmm. a question everybody has to, you know, how are we going to do it? When's the best place to do it? Um, At least do it in a way that acknowledges new people and invites them in to consider, join along with us if you would like. This yeah. is this is yeah. all we do. But, you know, you start doing these competitive, you know, we got prizes for those. Mm-hmm. And again, that's there's a place, I think, where you can do that if, mm-hmm. if you're all kind of like the set group yeah. that's competing yeah. and all yeah. that. That can be fun. But I think for Sunday, if you're really trying to... At this point in our time, Sunday still becomes a significant opportunity for somebody to invite somebody, yep. and they'll often come after a while. Um, you you just got to be winsome and think, because it's often, it's it's not the message of Jesus that, that is the reason they're not willing to come back. It's yeah. usually something that we did yeah. that just made them feel not valued in some way, mm-hmm. not seen, yeah. felt left out, which I know isn't... I don't believe that would be the heart and intention. Right. No, I don't yeah. think it ever um, is. But I think it's because we don't see it through their eyes. Yeah. Because we've been so detached from the culture. Right. You know, that we're not thinking like, when I say the outsider, I know that can have a negative connotation. I just mean those who, they themselves would say, I don't identify with yeah. your faith. Sure. Yeah. So for those that might be listening, I don't want that to be a negative term. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, again, not not speaking to the children's side of things, but speaking to the youth side of things. I know you and I, Matt, have had this conversation where, you know, you you do um, as as a youth leader get frustrated mm. when sports seasons roll around, yeah, because your your population decreases. We we are in a culture, right? We're talking about our culture. We are in a culture 
And and guess what? This isn't just the the outsider or the person who does not identify with church. This is oh, yeah. full blown Christians who would say they're active in their church yep. and they're involved yep. in their church. When your particular sports season rolls around, yep. you're not in those doors, and yep. and that is our culture. I'm not making a statement on that. I'm just no, saying, sure. This it just is, is what our it is. Culture. It's observable. And so we we have to be considering mm-hmm. um, what are we doing. And so I know one things that you and I Matt that we do is we do a recap of what we talked about the week yep. before. Mm-hmm. You know, just a brief w- recap. Hey, it's good. You know, this is these are the verses that we talked about. Here was our application of those verses. Now let's go ahead and, and jump into this week. Just you know, you're you're caught up now essentially on what we said, and that allows us to kind of flow into this week. So if you weren't here mm-hmm. because you had a game or practice or whatever, now uh, now we're all caught up. Yep. What you just said you made me think when you asked me only about preaching. Here's a really simple one. Uh, that I didn't used to ever really consciously think about. When I was in a series, I kind of viewed it like, well, you know, we're just going through a book. I We are going through a book. I do care about the overall story because I think we do have some very committed people that listen online if they don't make it. Sure. But at the same time, I want every message to be like a, a standalone message yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And um, to just not assume everybody's been tracking, everybody's with it. That's the old, and I want to be really careful here because there's some wonderful, but the Calvary Chapel movement, right, Matt? For a long time, mm-hmm. their preaching, I thought of as kind of as a running commentary. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily, like, I think the goal was the pastor studies and works really hard mm-hmm. to know the passage. I mean, hey, praise God, I mean, that's what we want, right? right. And, uh, but I've noticed even in the Calvary Chapel movement with, with some of the pastors that I would be more familiar with and hear, hear their messages, even though that's still kind of how they, they approach things. Yeah. But I think they many of them work really hard in contextualization. It, it's so, so critical. So they're, they're connecting. Yeah. So even though that might be a little different approach, they're still engaging people yeah. in everyday life. Which is really what it comes down to. I mean, my thought on that was uh, my, maybe the best way to think about it is I think there may be a person, and I try to envision a person. Sometimes I know the person because somebody will tell me, hey, brought a friend yeah. here today. Yeah. You know, he's not doesn't identify as a believer he's not even he's a little weirded out by church that always helps me because i've got that person in my mind to think everything i say uh how is that going to be understood how can i work extra hard at being faithful to build up the sheep but also be mindful that they're there and the other thing is this may be the only time i ever speak to them yeah so if i get too comfortable with my inside group my church folk Know the shorthand, you know, know the last, you know, hey, we're in a third part of, uh, you know, what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit if we did something like that. Remember, <laughs> we're, we're in part three. We've got four more parts, so just hang with <laughs> Woo! I, I, I just want to be mindful that, it, look, I'm not comparing preaching to movies, but a good movie mm-hmm. in a trilogy should still be a good standalone movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because some movies, like in the Marvel Universe, Nathan, you and I talk, yeah. Lisa will say, what was that? And my boys say, Mom, if you watched these other seven movies, right. yeah, you like, would have loved this one. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I, I no, I'm not, not doing happening. that. She's yeah. like, I, I, I barely wanted to watch the one. <laughs> so it, it can work if you're speaking to a group. Yeah. But if you're speaking to everybody, yeah, lost and found, I think we have to really balance that and make sure that we... There's something for that individual, knowing this may be the only time I'm in this setting. What can you give them to take? And let me give you another one related to preaching. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the reasons that we do what we do here. Um, every passage of Scripture that we look at is on a giant TV screen, mm-hmm. yeah. which you're pointing to. Yeah. Uh, it's also on the giant screens as yeah. well. And the reason we do that, I know some people would be like, well, you know, you didn't say, if you have a Bible, turn in your Bibles. Mm -hmm. Well, we're putting the Bible, like, before everyone. We understand that those that are, you know, more committed, they often Mm -hmm. bring a Bible. That's great. They can do that. 
But even many of those people that bring a Bible end up just looking up at the screen anyway, because right. sure. it's just easier to do. Right. And to me, what you just did is you just removed a small barrier yeah. where you're not compromising anything. You want them to see the text. Right. So you're putting the text up there. You're drawing right. attention to words. Yeah. And so... It, it removed the little barrier. If if you have a Bible, I don't. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a Bible. Uh, well, that feels weird. Right. Um, right. And turn to, right. I don't know where, what I'm doing. So you've removed yep. all of that, right. and you just said, we're going to look at, here it is. Yep. Well, and there's one more piece that you forgot to mention, and that is we we use and leverage what is there with the culture. I'm, I'm holding my cell phone right, right. now. Bible app. We have the Bible app. There you and, go. You know, so... The, the reality is everyone who gets stuck in the past forgets what the past actually was. You <laughs> know, like gr- at yeah. one point in time, yeah. there was no Bible. Right. There was no Bible. And the printing press was time. evil. Right. Right. <laughs> Worldly. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's true. You know, and, and that's and, and and so then there were there were specific versions because at the time that the printing press came out, yeah. you could print it in this language. Yeah. And so that became the official. And then all of a sudden, now we can print the Bible in other languages and we can update it so that it corresponds to to what current people, how they're talking. Yeah. You know, and, and we just, we forget that all the things that, that we view, like if we're going to go back to the quote unquote original, yeah. then nobody's going to have a Bible. We're going to get yeah. up there with scrolls <laughs> right. and, and, and yeah. we're, we're really going to just be reading the old Testament because remember the new Testament wasn't a thing back when Paul was <laughs> That's preaching right. and we're going to be expositing based on the old Testament and, and really having nothing to do with the new Testament that over the course of time in history, things changed because yeah. Oh look, Paul's now writing things under the Holy Spirit, and yeah. and okay, so now we have the complete Bible. So now, do we go back to Roman Catholicism, where it's only the the priest that's up there reading, and no one else has access to this? Well, no, everyone now has access. So does it matter if they actually have it in print mm-hmm. in front of them versus? On a screen, and what people I think yeah. usually the pushback is, I know, but I just miss the days. Or, and right. I, I am very empath. I miss a lot of things. Yeah. See, it's funny because when you're the person that's often trying to champion I know. something, I know. people assume yeah. that you don't struggle with this yourself. Right. If people only knew how old school in many ways yeah. I am, yeah. I yeah. know, man. Yeah. I know you know. Yeah. People that really know me know yeah. that. He must be thinking or at least attempting to think like a missionary to contextualize things because left to himself, that is not that his is default. Not, yeah. And yeah. that's that's part of what we want to say. Like, it's okay. And it's fine for you to get together with a few other believers and go, don't you just miss back when we were just, right. you know, I'm so – and have a place to just kind of yeah, vent, vent a little bit and, yeah. and then say, we okay, let's, let's ask the Lord to help us and then let's renew our minds yeah. but god's called us to think like missionaries because yeah. there's a mission field before us yeah. and what an opportunity yeah. we have it's a process let right. me put this out here for for the sports listeners i'll, I'll be quick guys <laughs> i first heard rob long some of our listeners know who uh, is a local kind of uh, celeb on on 1057 uh, the fan in the baltimore maryland region he was talking about this about a year or so ago, right around the time the major league finally got rid of this old tradition that in the National League in baseball, the pitchers bat. Every division in baseball, every minor league division, um, college, mm-hmm. etc. only the National League in Major League Baseball, was still keeping this time-honored tradition. And what it meant is you had a guaranteed strikeout Mm -hmm. because pitchers are specialists now. They don't bat. Every once in a while, there's a Madison Bumgarner. There's somebody that can hit, but Mm -hmm. uh, rare. And I'm listening to the fan one time, and people are calling up, and they're passionate on both sides. And Rob Long's my age. Mm-hmm. And and this one guy was about his age. Rob, I mean, that's the way baseball. We were kids. You pitched and you batted. That's the way it was. And Rob, Rob's like, hold on here. Hold on. He goes, you sound like an old head. I actually heard him say before, <laughs> before I heard my sons use the term old head. And he said, I don't want to be an old head. Yeah. I know what you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of miss the nostalgia. The game is changing. Yeah. It's changing. And you know what's going to happen in 10 years? The majority, it just, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's already normal. Oh, yeah. Now the National League, uh, guess what? They have a designated hitter. Mm-hmm. Pitchers don't bat. And, pe- well, that's the end of baseball. Apparently it's not. Right. <laughs> uh, players are still making multi-million dollar contracts. You know, World Series was big. Uh, the other night when the Orioles played Atlanta, it's booming. This is not just happening in the church world. This is happening everywhere. Yeah. When we took our boys, Matt, to see Creed Three, we enjoyed the movie. Matt, I can speak to this more, but I'll say, as a Rocky fan myself, not quite maybe as enthusiastic as Matt, but pretty strong. I don't think anyone is. Yeah, I know. I I, I don't <laughs> think so either. I I did. I I love what Michael B. Jordan did. It was brilliant. It was creative. I thought he made some really bold choices. He changed the 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 big fight scene at the end because mm-hmm. he modeled it after anime. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's not my thing. I'm 52 years old. I don't want to see that. I kind of missed, yeah. you know, the, the screen changes. It has a different look. The crowd mm-hmm. disappears. And I was kind of like, man, I don't, this sucks. I don't like that. I really, that's how I felt. It's the one part of the movie that like. And then when I saw our sons, 16 years old, yeah. talking about it, I started, okay. It translated really well. It, they they, also, they also liked the music vibe of the it. The music vibe which, had which, much more Which, rap. let me go on record, I didn't like. I didn't like it either. Um, I mean, I want the old. I, I want I want Eye of the Tiger. Come Survivor. on now. Gonna, <laughs> right? gonna fly now. Uh, yeah, gonna fly now. I don't want this. I don't even know the, Hearts the on rappers. Fire. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm going home and watch the Rocky IV movie. Um, uh, okay, I had to get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's clear, Michael B. Jordan, young guy, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Is I mean he's a good filmmaker. Absolutely, he knows uh, I'm gonna hook a new generation. Yeah, it's changing. Yep. Yeah, the world's changing. I've told you this, Matt. I'll just say, my perfect, <laughs> my perfect worship service mm-hmm. looks very little like what we do at CFC. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll t- I mean I don't know what it is, guys. 2000 late 90s worship Michael W. Smith worship albums. I love those things. I loved them. I mean. There's the above all thing. We'll save that for another podcast. But <laughs> I loved it. I I I know exactly what I would love. I know mm-hmm. the kind of sermon I would love to hear that would really interest me. Mm-hmm. I know the kind it's of It's not music. one of yours? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not one of mine. Matt's going to ask me if it's one of his. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I, I know what I'd like to hear. I know the kind of things I'd be interested in uh, that would really kind of stimulate my curiosity and interest and. I could design it, and man, I would enjoy the heck out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many people it would serve, particularly people that we're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure it would yeah. serve. So I, I love what you said, Matt. I I do that with you. I, we, we have our old head, oh, don't you remember this? Yeah, and, I, well, that, I think that's part of the, the strategy why I stress the word think like a missionary, because... We're all going to have our preferences. Of course. We're all going to, I mean, and that's fine. Nobody's saying that's a bad thing. And it's, nothing's wrong with getting together with some people and reminiscing of the good old glory days. That's fine too. But if you're looking at a mission field that clearly doesn't know Jesus and God has established providentially your New Testament church right there to reach those people in that area and the surrounding areas, well, if you're not doing it, um, it you got to take a look at what's why because yeah. the gospel is powerful enough. Yeah. The, yep. the issue is not with God and it's yep. not with the gospel. Right. And I think when you look at the New Testament, you do start to see Paul's passionate ways he went about doing true apostolic New Testament gospel-driven ministry. Yeah. And I think that's what the church is, is to model. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Matt. And we've often thought if we got forced into some corporate exercise where they dropped us into Lebanon today. Mm-hmm. Right. Now all of a sudden CFC, Hey guys, here we are. Um, and we're, we're, we've got contacts to get jobs and houses mm-hmm. and all, but this is where we're going to be. This is where we're going to do church. Um, how many meetings would we have to, okay guys, what do we need to know? Yeah. What, what are the, what, what are the flashpoints in this culture? What, 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 what are the places we can build the most common ground? Right. I bet every, cause there's so many good hearted, yeah. People that want to reach people oh, yeah. in our church, in so many churches, yeah. we we it would be a culture shock, but we do it, and to just think, how can we get that same mindset yeah. here? 
uh, and I'll, I'll spiritualize it up a little bit, right? You say, well, we have, well, we have been dropped from another place mm-hmm. because we're not we're not citizens of this right. world. Scripture is very clear on aliens that, right? and strangers that passing, passing through, through. sojourners. Yeah. Our citizenship is in heaven. Come on, so we're here. Come Woo! on, now. we're gonna have a little church on <laughs> this East Go to Eleven podcast. <laughs> Let's have some church. With. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I might break out in tongues <laughs> with, sure with an interpretation. Know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a, a, a tongues joke coming out there soon because Matt, as you always know, I'm going to set you up. Have to do it now. Matt used to say when I'd get wrapped up about things, you're you're talking about what a predestination. You're talking about you know <laughs> premillennialism, postmillennialism. And Matt, I remember years ago, just said, "Dodger, Dodger." We we talk about all these things, you know. Millennium, Calvinism. We're going to stand for Jesus. He's just going to ask us that one simple question, which is what, Matt? No, I'm going to let you. Yeah, you tell the story better than I think I delivered it. I so I'm going to let you tell it. Lisa knows this. He said, We're going to stand for Jesus one day. And he's going to ask us that one simple question. Did you speak in tongues according to Acts chapter 2, verse 4? Uh, <laughs> Matt, that's got to be one of my all-time Matt Smith favorites. It's in the top three. And I feel the need to defend myself. Because yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm sensing the critics out yeah. there just saying, this guy, what this is wrong with him? <laughs> yes, tongue firmly implanted in, in cheek. He was joking. Oh, and, uh, but yeah, that was a great line that I've dropped on many, many people. <laughs> The other one involves his dog with a heart problem. I'm going to save that for another podcast. Yeah, don't, because my mom listens to Because your mom podcast, listens. Then. I don't want to upset uh, <laughs> uh, Miss Joyce, but uh, Matt's got about top five for me. And that, <laughs> that, that one is, is up there pretty high. But, yeah, I'm so glad, Nathan, that uh, we took on this topic because how yeah. – I mean, it's always relevant. Mm-hmm. But today, and I, I would not mind revisiting this topic when we head into an election season. Oh yeah, in a year, because I think that I think any election season, regardless who the candidates are, it just kind of forces you to think about these issues. Yeah, asking yourself, is my mission to preserve a culture that's slipping away, mm-hmm. or is my mission to go make disciples? Well, think about it. Missionaries have to deal with unrest in the, the government oh, yeah. all, the all the time. Yep. Yeah. And, and often there's no elections. There's just coups yeah, and takeovers. Right. And it's not that they might not have strong opinions. Of course. Yeah. But they think <clears throat> first like a missionary, right. which means why am I here? Right. I am here first. What is the matter of first importance? Yes. And so that that I think is we just need to have we need to apply that where God has providentially yeah. placed us. So what are our non believing friends Co-workers, families, neighbors, what are they really thinking about Christians, the church? Do they associate Christians with a particular political persuasion? Mm -hmm. If they do, there's a way to build a bridge to that. Shock them. Uh, I mean, I think that's, what are the things, what are the assumptions they make? What are the real things they're struggling with? Find ways to be curious. Yes. Because curiosity gets other people talking. And Jesus said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the more somebody talks, the more you start to go, I'm getting an idea as to where they're really coming from. Yes. And... At the end of the day, I don't know who originally said it, but it's true. People will, will forget what you said, even what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And I think when you think like a missionary, you're just trying to build a bridge so yeah. that as you talk to them and listen to them, it's almost the metaphor you're putting your arm around them. And where you, as you're walking and talking, they don't realize it, but where you're going to walk and talk is going to always be towards Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And you're just taking your good old time to get there yeah. as as you sense where they're at. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, we, we started, um, in May, the, this kind of series that we've been doing and, and talking about God's heart for the lost. And one of the things that we had talked about is if, if we were to look at how Jesus interacts with the, those who we would consider the lost, those who are mm-hmm. outside of religion, who are outside of the knowledge of God and who he is and who his son is, Christ is never getting angry with those people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even sure. when they don't understand and get it, we mm-hmm. you know, we see that he pities them. He yep. he, he he's broken over the fact that mm-hmm. they're turning. Without a shepherd. Yep. The ones that he gets angry at are the ones in the church who are preventing those outside right. of the church from coming in. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, and you know, I think that's something to to keep in mind is that if if we want 
ourselves to constantly be taking on the heart and mind of Christ, then then maybe we should be more critical of our processes and asking, you know, are we doing things that are preventing people from coming in? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I've shared this in another context. Uh, you took perspectives, right, mm-hmm. Matt? You, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mm-hmm. missions course, yep. U.S. Center for World Missions, which is a really well done course to kind of open your mind to just how big the world is and um, you know, people groups and, and just so many interesting ideas. And one of the instructors, they normally have a different instructor. What is that, like a 10-week course, something like that? Yeah, it's like 10 weeks. 12. It's, it's, it's a really good course. Um, and one of the guys who taught ours, I think in the historical section, you kind of do biblical, historical, and then you bring it into modern times, told the story. It was a South American tribe um, in a remote region. And they had, I mean, it was an incredible story. They had reached almost this entire tribe. Mm-hmm. One of the stories what you see sometimes in videos, like a group conversion, just really mm-hmm. powerful stuff that was happening. And uh, they're, you know, gathering these people into the, a church and, you know, beginning the process of discipling and teaching, etc. And they, of course, taught that God wants us to reach. He wants you to take this incredible grace and forgiveness to other people. And the neighboring tribe that they had no association with. It's really interesting because the teacher described uh, their detestable practice of annual child sacrifice, mm-hmm. which the tribe who had been reached even before their conversion was disgusted by, mm-hmm. knew that that was inherently yeah. evil and, and wrong, etc. So the, the instructor started to kind of tell us, and I don't want to do it. It was just very upsetting. It's, it would not serve our, our purpose today other than to make this point. But he, he got pretty detailed about how this tribe went about this. And uh, he said, so, so what do you all think? He goes, Could, do you understand the, the tribe that was reached, their reluctance to interact with, 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 with these people? And I remember I, he, he caught me. I didn't say I'm coming. I was sort of nodding like, yeah, it was just so awful yeah disgusting and just you're, you're thinking how could anybody do something this evil and then he goes well of course you do i mean we i mean we wouldn't want god's grace to spill over on the undeserving mm. and I, <laughs> I got busted i mean this is me pastor me young yeah. pastor me this is not like i'm gr-. and i thought oh my goodness yeah it just the orientation to see yourselves as missionaries and if you think about it in that context well they're they kind of live in the same general right. space, but it's so loathsome what they do. Yeah. Easier to criticize and vilify. Yeah. Um, and I just think there's something powerful that for us. Yeah. Because let's be honest, the people that we reach are not always going to just be shivering, pitiful. They will often be bombastic, mm-hmm. yeah. mean-spirited, yeah. obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And what, what happens? What do I want to do with those folks? I want to win. Mm-hmm. I want to defeat. I want to be obnoxious. Exactly. Yeah. I just, That's what my flesh wants to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. And, I'm and, like, I, you, you want to play that game? Oh, I, oh, I'll play I can that. play it. I, right. can, I can do pretty good at it, too. That's yeah. basically, Matt, you just described Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, honestly, you, you basically just described <laughs> yeah. Twitter. Am I yeah. right, Nathan? Oh, I mean, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what you got to be really careful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because there's just no empathy. There's no compassion. Uh, yes, from all parties. I've seen it across the board, yeah. and I feel the temptation, and oh, my goodness. It's uh, it's a very uh, toxic, yeah. can be very dark, very addictive. Um, and to just, this this idea of having a missionary mindset, it's not just a, yeah, what a nice thought. I mean, it's a... It takes a ton, it takes a ton of work. It also takes yeah. you being in touch with what are the shaping, not just the values, but what's underneath the values, yeah. the ideology, the yeah. theology, or lack yeah. of ideology that's there. Because when you start to grasp that, it helps you to think about where would be the most strategic place for me to begin yes. with pointing people to Jesus, because. Um, you know, if, if you're going into it, let's say if you're going into a context where there's 
millions of gods, the idea of, of having another god and he sends his son who's also God yeah. sounds like, oh, just add Jesus to the to the list. Right, right. Uh, so we might need to establish there's one God. Yeah. Created in his in in, in likeness, yeah. made yes. in the image of God. You know, so you have to look for where's the most strategic place to begin the yeah. journey with people. Yeah. yeah. And that means think like a missionary, because if you're still thinking like the culture in America was in 1985 or 1970, yeah. whatever the even two early 2000s. Yeah. It has shifted. It has yeah. changed, and there are certain assumptions. It's not that truth has changed; it's that culture yes. has changed, and now we need to build a bridge, not burn it. Yeah. To yeah. get the truth to people. Yeah, I do miss 1985. I know you do, Greg. Man, that was Back to the Future. Yeah. And you and I, you and I were both excited about the new Michael J. Fox. I, yes, I'll be I all am, over. Have you I seen am. that, Nathan? The oh, Apple yeah, TV. Yeah. Well, I yeah, can't I wait. There, to see there's that. a lot of good things coming out uh, next week. Come on. Come on. The Stallone Family reality <laughs> show hits. Matt, I'm going to let Lisa listen to this. I, I showed her that the other night because I said, Matt, we'll definitely want you to watch this. I've never even watched and, a reality and show. And she said, Matt's going to watch this? And then I said, Lisa, I think he would think you because, you know, yeah. Lisa's always carrying the torch for a sly mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Now, even though, what, 76-year-old man, but she yeah. she's with Matt. She, she likes Stallone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but even she said, that, wow, Matt's going to watch that. I said, you're going to watch it. She goes, yeah, I probably will. Because <laughs> it's his reality show, right, with his, his daughters and yeah, his wife. I mean, and it, yeah. it, it'll be interesting, yes. But uh, there's that, Matt. I, I miss the 80s. I'm sure when I saw that Michael J. Fox, that 1985, I mean, I was 15. Yep. That's, that's my zone right there. Kind so of you like don't have world. to miss the 80s because with all the – the ways you can do, you know, I'm, I'm rewatching Family Ties oh, now, yeah, so yeah. we're yeah. just going back in You're time, living in the past. Yep. Speaking of Michael J., yeah. So yes. I get wanting to live in the past, right? but living in the past will not reach the generation of today yeah. and in the future. So we need yes. to think like missionaries and how yeah. we engage the culture. Absolutely. Well, on that, we are uh, running out of time. And so, guys, this was a great discussion. Really good. Um, Thank you, Matt. Super excited having having you on, Matt. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, gentlemen, until the next time, we just rock the Casper. 80 style. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.